Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and with me today is Cam Ockrey, who also works here at the Shields Marketing Department doing a lot of video stuff. You may recognize him from our What's Cooking series on YouTube, but we're not going to be talking about cooking today. We'll be discussing a video shoot that we just went out for on next year's ice fishing commercial because we had ourselves an adventure. Cam, thank you for joining us. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of set the stage for what it took to make this commercial happen? Absolutely, I can, Mike. And first off, I just want to thank you for having me on. You know, usually I'm behind the podcast stuff, helping you out. This is the first time I've been on, so we'll see how it goes. But a little bit about myself and kind of my career at Shields. Uh, My title is actually the Experts Manager, which there's probably no one else out there that has that title, but it's something really unique to Shields. So essentially what I get to do is I get to work with a lot of the great people that we employ at Shields doing shoots just like this ice fishing shoot. So we get to uh, grab great people like Jaden and Ben and bring them into these ice fishing shoots or whatever, hunting, uh, grilling, like you said, and get to kind of immerse them into our marketing campaigns to really show all the viewers and all our customers that we truly do have experts uh, out in the field. So it's it's a really unique job. It's super fun. And uh, when we get to do shoots like this ice fishing shoot, it's really rewarding to kind of see our people in action and really have that understanding that we do employ some of the best people in the industry. And, uh, you know, we can take advantage of you know, having those people and really showcase their expertise out in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what truly sets shields apart is just the experts. You know, we've got so many people that are just super knowledgeable and just super passionate about what they do. Like you mentioned Ben and Jaden, who those are the two guys that we took with from the shield stores at out on this ice fishing shoot. And both of those guys just like live and breathe ice fishing. You know, it's just, it's just fun to see them in their element. And it's like, okay, this is why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. You know, I think the couple of kind of things that can showcase that is, you know, obviously fishing is the, the most important when we're going on these shoots, you know, trying to catch that trophy fish to show off and really capture that moment. But there's also other things that we got to do, you know, whether it's taking pictures of our new gear coming out or doing a couple little quick tips and tricks video. And, you know, Jaden, we try to get him away from from the perch bite we had going on. And there was, you know, like you were fishing, there was a ton of perch down there. And it's like, all right, Jaden, we need you for a quick 15 seconds to, to, you know, take a quick picture of you in this in this new bag. And he's like, hang on, this, this school of perch is fired up. Like, he's <laughs> he's not getting away we, from that school of perch. We had to literally pry him from his hole to it, get him to, exactly. to shoot certain things. I almost had to, like, short circuit his battery or something so his Vexlar <laughs> wouldn't work. But And then Ben, you know, we just get done with these two days of grueling winds, grueling temperatures uh, all day. You know, we were getting up at 5, 6 a.m. and fishing all the way till, you know, sunset at 6, 30, 7 o'clock. And what does Ben do? He leaves that night that we're done that Thursday. He gets up the next morning and drives all the way to the Lake of the Woods to fish tip up for pike with his buddies. You know, like these people live and breathe this stuff and it's nonstop for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy too. like tip up fishing was actually going to be a part of this commercial and, you know, weather just kind of kind of gypped us on that. And, and we had enough good footage anyways. But like Ben goes out and then he goes and what does he do the very next day? He goes tip up fishing and I pull up Instagram and here's Ben with like a 40 some inch pike. It's like, oh, that could have been our TV star right there. Exactly. I was on the I was on the road back home to Fargo and I get a message from him with a 40 something plus inch pike. And he's like, oh, we should have gone to the Lake of the Woods. I'm like, 
We probably should have, but you know what? They didn't have the devil's like walleye. He just had that big pike. Mm -hmm, For sure. So yeah. Can you just kind of walk us through like the, like I said, setting the stage for this, who we were all with and, uh, and how it got coordinated, how it kind of came to be. Absolutely. So, you know, Shields is pretty cool because we do a lot of our own marketing in-house, which not a lot of people do. They all, you know, use a outside agency. But in the case of the hardline space, we use a really cool uh, group of guys from Sigmanta, which would be Donnie Vincent, which some of you may know. I know we've had him do a couple of things for us in the past. And he's got a crew of Kyle and William. Kyle directs William shoots and they come in for us and they basically shoot and edit our commercials and they are you know, they're the same as our experts. They're hardcore into all this stuff. So they just get it. They live and breathe this stuff. So what we do is we kind of say, okay, we'd like to do an ice fishing shoot. They conceptualize, okay, here's kind of the storyboards. Here's how this gonna, how this is going to look. And then what I can do is I can take, okay, I know we've got Ben Olson from Grand Forks and Jaden from Fargo. Great experts. I want to, you know, bring them into this shoot and kind of make them the life of this shoot. So whether that's, you know, Jaden pulling up that trophy walleye at the end of the shoot or showing Ben, you know, cruising around uh, on a snowmobile, that's just something that we want to put into the shoot. Like I said before, it really sets us apart. So what we do then is on our end, we, you know, we get the concept from them and then we're talking to the line leaders, talking to our people in-house, getting samples for next year, uh, making sure we're getting the right products, the right Vexlars, you know, if there's a new camera coming out, if there's new lures, new rods, uh, making sure that we're featuring featuring those in the spot so we can kind of, basically we're creating our whole ice fishing campaign for the next year. And, uh, you know, it's pretty fun to do and it's kind of nerve wracking to do it so far in advance. But, you know, with ice fishing, that's just kind of something we can't be doing ice fishing in July around here. You know, we're, we're summer fishing at that point. So we only get one opportunity to go on the ice. But yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome to utilize uh, Donnie Vincent and Sigmanta and those guys. They do a great job for us. And it's always a, a pleasure to work with them and, you know, have a lot of fun out on the ice. Yeah, it's very cool working with them. You know, Sigmanta, they just, you know, like they turn the outdoors and hunting and fishing into almost like an art form. You know, I, I, I like to say that, that Donnie inspired me to do what I'm doing today. You know, he inspired me to pick up a camera and start shooting my stuff. And then next thing you know, like seven, 10 years later, I'm working at Shields doing social media, shooting video, literally on an ice commercial with Donnie Vincent. I think that's what they do so well for us is, you know, anyone, I feel anyone can pick up a camera and shoot something, right? Like that, that isn't the challenging part of it, but what they do so well is they tell a story. They get that feeling across. They get, you know, whether it's, it's the grueling con- conditions that we are in or, you know, the grind of a 10 mile snowmobile ride to get someplace, they can capture that. And whether they're showing that, uh, telling that story through the visuals or they're telling that story through the voiceover that they do, they, they accomplished um, just that story aspect of, of what we're trying to camp- accomplish so well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you mentioned before talking about, you know, the products and what stuff to have in there and granted, like we're shields, we're shooting a commercial, like we're, we're going to have products in there, but you know, that that's just background stuff. I mean, what's really going on in that commercial is just inspiring somebody to get out there and get super jacked about ice fishing. Cause literally everybody out there was just gung ho. And it was, it was so cool to see the whole dynamic of everyone working together. For sure. And those guys are way tougher than I am. You know, we were, you know, we were in what, 15, 10 degrees in the morning, maybe a little bit less. And that first day we were out there was blowing, what, 25, 30 miles an hour. And everyone looked over at Ben Olson as he's sitting there on a snowmobile fishing, coats unzipped, no gloves on. And he's just, you know, having the time of his life. These guys are just, 
you know, we like to joke they're bred different, you know, they're just built different. They're these guys, um, like we talked about live and breathe this stuff. So to see them out there doing that, it's just, it was crazy to see as I'm sitting there freezing my butt off and, and, you know, just shivering. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it wasn't all fun and games either because, like, we, we got to that first spot and we, we really didn't catch anything. We didn't mark a whole lot. So, and, you know, one thing we hadn't mentioned yet is, okay, we're in the Devil's Lake area. We're doing this. And, you know, who knows the Devil's Lake area better than Jason Mitchell? So we basically have him as our guide and are trusting him to, you know, kind of put us on fish and get us in the spots to capitalize on this. And we get to that first spot and he'd caught fish there before feeling confident confident but you know it was cold it was windy they weren't there and it's like okay we need to make a move so then we pack up all of our stuff and we ha- and we go to this other lake that's you know probably 45 minutes to an hour away and I have I have Kyle the you know the sick man of director driving with me and I can just see he's like super anxious chomping at the bit like oh my gosh we're wasting like an hour to an hour and a half of fish time to you know, to move to a different spot. Like, should we have just stayed there? You know, you're second guessing every move, but we get to that second spot and Jason drills like his third hole and, uh, you know, about, you know, three minutes into him actually fishing, he pulls up like a five pound walleye. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great for you to mention, uh, Jason Mitchell. I think none of these trips are possible with people like that. You know, we've utilized guys like Josh Douglas in the past and having them on our team is awesome, especially for this one. You know, no, like you said, no one knows the Devil's Lake area better than Jason Mitchell. And at that first spot, we weren't doing what Jason thought we were. And we moved, like you said, three minutes into we pull up that fish and I, you could just feel the tension, just be relieved from everyone. Like, okay, we are, we're on the board. We got a fish. It, it filmed well. And, you know, let's keep going. Let, let's keep grinding. And, you know, I think, mm-hmm. what was it, 15, 20 minutes later, not too many holes away, Jaden Thomas pulls up a 26 and a half inch walleye and everyone's just going bananas, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And I've and, you know, where we were fishing in Devil's Lake, I'd never seen something like this. We were fishing seven, six feet of water. And, you know, it was. Yeah, I think that I think that first spot was just a hair deeper. Like we second, fish the second out. spot. Yeah. yeah. So but no, I'd, I'd never quite fish like that either. And it was just this giant basin. You know, it didn't seem like there was any structure. And, you know, Jason's driving us out there in his in his nice tracked UTV and he just stops. And it's like, this is the middle of nowhere. What are we doing here? And I go and I pull up like navigation and contour lines. And it's like, I don't even see a contour line on my map when I pull it up. It's like, well, I'm just going to trust you, buddy. And like literally drills a hole and smacks a 25 inch wallet and then another 26 and a half. I, I think my favorite part of that whole deal was Jaden explaining his Vexilar. You know, he's just saying, okay, we're so shallow. It's empty, 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 empty. And all of a sudden you see a giant mark come out and boom, you're hooked up. So just watching the kind of the game that was being played on the Vexilar was, was cool to see in such shallow water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just totally a different aspect. They'll they'll come and they'll just attack it. And a lot of times they won't even mark it. But, um, you know, we, we haven't mentioned yet a pretty interesting story that happened right when those two big fish were being caught. You want to dive into that one? Yeah. So, you know, on a film shoot, obviously, some sometimes you catch these big fish and whether the camera is not set up the right way or you're waiting on the photographer to come over, you just need some time to get ready for that kind of stuff. So sometimes you kind of drill out a live well and you kind of make a space to keep that fish alive and make sure everything's going right. 
So what we were doing is we were drilling out a live well. We popped a couple holes, and uh, we were scooping out the snow out of this live well before we drilled the final hole to, to fill it up with water. Well, one of the guys was scooping out the snow uh, with me. He was right next to me, and all of a sudden he goes, my hand's warm. Well, that's weird. It's, you know, it's pretty cold out, so how, why, why is your hand warm all of a sudden? And he takes his glove off, and he's bleeding. We're like, how, how are you bleeding? Well, we, we then discover that the auger was in someone's hands right behind him, and he had barely brushed the tip of this auger blade. And auger blades are are very sharp, right? Like they, yeah. they're cutting. I, they're I have cutting cut ice. my hand on an auger more than once. Yes. Nowhere near to this extent. So <laughs> you know, uh, that part of it isn't much of a fluke, right? Like accidents like that happen. The craziest part about it is he had to go get ten stitches at the hospital because he just, you know, it wasn't too bad of a cut, but he just couldn't stop the bleeding too much to, to, you know, and it was in a bad spot, so he just had to get stitches on that. But the crazy part about everything is there wasn't a tear or anything in his glove to like signify where he hit on the auger. His glove was in perfect condition. There was a pool of blood in the bottom of it. There wasn't a rip, a tear, nothing on his glove. It's a phantom accident. We have no idea if he actually hit the auger blade. People were saying, you didn't have a glove on. You had to have hit it with your bare hand, but I think he would have been a lot more messed up if that would have happened. So Yeah, um, and who's going to scoop out an ice hole? You know, a bunch, a bunch of snow barehanded? Uh, I'm going to pass on that Not one. this guy, because he, he was sitting in the truck staying warm. He just yes. came out for a second. So this guy was keeping he was, his gloves on. He was on. actually from Oregon, too, and had never been on the ice before. Like, very first time, like, okay, I'm driving in my truck onto a lake. Okay, this is interesting. To Devil's Lake, of all things, you know, that first day looks like looked like Siberia Siberia out there. You couldn't see mm-hmm. anywhere. that There was a ground blizzard, you know. It you truly did see, look like yeah. Siberia. You couldn't see anything, because, I mean, it's open prairie anyways. Yeah. But, yeah, with that snow coming coming in and just foggy everywhere it's like you're on a desert island but like an ice desert island. I, I, I relate it to uh i don't remember what planet it is in star wars but that one scene with, where they're in the the sand and the sand's just blowing you can't see anywhere that's what it looks mm-hmm. like we just make the sand snow so you know yeah. it's it's a it's a crazy thing and uh people have to experience standing and driving on an on on the ice on the frozen lake it's so uh, you know, it's just a different experience that some people just don't believe that you can actually do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you'll see it on our commercial coming up. Yeah, and you'll definitely see the grueling conditions we had. Some I've Kyle sent us over some just quick photos from the footage, and it looks barren. It looks grueling, uh, and I'm I'm super excited to see what they do with the final edit. Mm -hmm. Same here. So yeah, continuing on that first day, you know, we, we fish a little bit more, we catch a few fish. And, uh, by this time, like we got to get this guy to the hospital to get his stitches. So it's like, okay, let's get back to town. Let's regroup. Let's have some lunch and then let's go out to a new spot. So we get to the second spot and that landing to get on was, was fairly interesting. It was, you know, uh, Jason had been in the area. He's, he said he's driven on this lake before and uh, we trusted him and, you know, we had every right to trust him. So he goes down first with his UTV. Ben goes down next with his snowmobile and they make it just fine. And I come down with a Toyota Tacoma and, you know, a little bit lighter truck, not not too big of a rig. And I make it get a little squirrely, but not too bad. And I remember getting about 75 feet onto the onto the lake. And I don't remember if I if I heard a, a loud uh, V8 engine screaming or if I remember just seeing snow being thrown in my rearview mirror. But I look back and uh, there is we won't name any names on who was driving, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was Donnie Vincent. But we see this Ford Raptor absolutely buried to the frame, just throwing snow everywhere. And I think to myself, uh, 
crap. We are uh, we're gonna have some fun with this one, but it didn't end up being too bad. Um, we got them out, and then we did some fishing. And I think the next thing that was running through everyone's mind is. How are we going to get off this lake? Exactly. You know, I was I was actually planning to drive down right after Donnie was. So I, I'm like, because you go down, you, you do this first little initial hill, and then you take a 90-degree left turn, and then you take the last hill down to the lake. So I'm, I'm sitting at the halfway point down one of the two hills, and I see him just, like, buried to the frame. And I'm like, I should not bring a third vehicle down because – you know, we already have two to deal with to get back up this hill. We don't need to deal with a third. We're going to be out until like midnight trying to get these suckers back up the hill. So I just like, I hit it in reverse and I just can it and like go in reverse up this hill and I, I barely make it back. And then we spend 20 minutes or whatever, digging him out and winching him out. And then, and then we get back to fishing. But yeah, the, the, we didn't catch a ton there. We got a few, we got one really cool shot and it was, it was actually me pulling up a walleye after dark and, and Jason's got his side by side and he's got an led light bar on the top and they were filming. Like you could see my graph shining and you could see the led lights and you could see this fish coming out of the hole. And it's like, this is a sick shot. I hope it makes the commercial. Like I can tell people, Hey, that's my hand in the commercial <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. That's always, that's always the fun stuff. And I, I think to put it in perspective, how cold it was too, is we tried flying a drone. I don't know if you remember this. You might've been. Oh busy yeah. I, do, to, I was trying to film it taking off. Yeah. We tried to fly a drone and it was so cold that the instant the drone would get up in the air, it would come back down because it was saying too cold to fly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was frigid. It was a cold week. It was for sure. Like I finally have the feeling back in my hands and my toes, but for a while there it was, it was rough. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, we got done with that shot with you and you know, like I said, we were we were thinking about, okay, what's it going to take? How long are we going to be here to get off this lake? Sun goes down, we start driving back, and I'm, you know, I'm not too nervous, but I'm just kind of thinking, you know, what are we going to do? How are we how are we going to do this? Do we send Jason up first? Do we send him up last? Do we get a snowmobile up there? Do we get Mike's truck down there to kind of start pulling people? But, you know, we kind of came up with a plan. We got out, we, you know, the snow was pretty hard packed from all the wind that had been happening. And I know we had a, a decent warm up, So the snow was pretty compact and we found a pretty good line where we think we could, you know, really get up this hill. So I, I went first. Um, I put it in four wheel drive, but I made the rookie mistake of any winter driver and I did not turn my uh, traction control off. So as I'm going up this hill, I get up three quarters of the way up it and I just, thump, I just sink right in the top. So I can, I can no longer make fun of Donnie Vincent for getting stuck because <laughs> yeah, here I am. Because you sure did too. Yeah. So we hook, we hook up uh, Jason's UTV to me. Uh, they winched me out. They, you know, we had four or five guys pushing me from the back. We got right out and uh, it was pretty quick, about five minutes probably. Mm-hmm. So I was, Yeah, maybe I was, five minutes. Was, but your, your front tires were oh, bare. To the like, frame. Yeah. You, you had at least, at least half, if not two thirds of your tire, like you couldn't even see yeah. it. So like we, we grabbed Jason's UTV, which is like a, a quad cab with tracks and a big winch and start yanking on it. And then we got like six or seven guys in the back trying to push at the same time. Yeah, I couldn't even touch the gas. As soon as I touched the gas, all tires would just break loose because it was just so slick. So I basically had to barely feather the, gla- the gas to try to just creep forward, keep, keep creeping forward. Because if I, if I push the gas, I could just see Jason's UTV just inching towards me because it just didn't have enough guts to, to you know, pull this truck because it was a steep hill. Mm-hmm. It was not a oh, small yeah. hill. It was a, it was a good one. Yeah. So I get up, 
good to go, get up the, the second part of the hill. And then I, I park my truck and I, uh, I get about five or 10 feet down the hill and I look up and I hear a, 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 a Raptor, a V8 <laughs> Ford Raptor. And Donnie Vincent is absolutely on a tear up this hill, just screaming up it. And you know what? Props to him. He made it. He pinned it the whole way. I don't even want to say how fast he was going, but he got up there and uh, we, we got out of here pretty, pretty scot-free. Yeah. I, th- I thought we were going to be there until like midnight, to be honest, pulling that Raptor out of there. But he hit it with so much momentum that and he picked the perfect line because he didn't have hardly any room for error because on you know like when you're coming up this hill on the left side it's like a snow wall and if you hit that like you're done and then on the right side you've got like this these rocks starting and then a bunch of there was this big chunk of driftwood i remember seeing like it would go up to probably the top of your front bumper if you ended up hitting it. So like that thing would have stopped him in his tracks, even going like 30 or 40 or whatever he, he was going. So he made it through that narrow gap, just balls to the wall <laughs> and was just straight up the hill. I remember seeing you like jumping out of the way and me like I was trying to film it with my camera. I mean, I don't think I got anything because it was so dark, but just like you'll be able to hear the sounds, the engine screaming and then everybody else screaming when he actually made it up. It was it was pretty epic. And who knows what was under all that, you know, that we didn't know if there was rocks or more driftwood or anything. You know, and I was worried about when I was going up. What if I sink down in his ruts and just bang the heck out of my front end into this hill and, you know, we're, we got bumpers everywhere or whatever, you know, breaking lower control arms or whatever. So to, to make it out there with no one getting, you know, badly stuck and to make it out in what, probably 30 minutes of the time we spent on there, you know, the story is uh, worth a lifetime and I'm, I'm glad we weren't there for too long. Yeah, absolutely. It, it turned out a lot better than I anticipated getting off the lake. You know, we can deal with getting seven guys and pushing a Tacoma out, but like it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's the kind of stuff where uh, it's not planned, obviously, but that's the kind of stuff that that makes your job fun. You know, like none of that stuff's great to do, but in the moment. But mm-hmm. when you look back on this kind of stuff, just to just to laugh and smile and just, you know, I, what, what does one of my coworkers say? I think it's second type two fun. You know, it's not fun in the moment, but when you look back on it, it's just a ball. It's just hilarious. It's just stuff that, you know, every time we see those guys, we'll we'll have story time about, you know, you remember when we got stuck on that lake in Devil's Lake? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just some unforgettable memories. So, you know, that was day one. So we're planning on a three day shoot. So get going day two. We're going to pick a new lake. We've got some, we got some like star walleyes, you know, that are, that are hero shots. So it's like, okay, now we got to show us having fun. We got to show having a, catching a bunch of fish, you know, what better, what better way to do that than to just catch a pile of perch. You know, it's kind of what North Dakota is known for. So it's like, okay, let's go to a different lake. Let's, uh, you know, this one, the access was much better. We got out way easier, went across the lake, found ourselves a deep basin that Jason had fished before and had, had done pretty well on. And we, we ran into so many perch. It was ridiculous, but they were all like five or six inches. And it's kind of hard to take a five inch perch and turn it into a TV star. There's not a wide enough angled lens to make that perch <laughs> yeah. look like a giant. You can, you can get some pretty good angle lenses, but that is just not going to happen. So, you know, we fished a while and then, and you know, Jason being the, you know, the guide and the fisherman he is, he's like, okay, this isn't working. Let's make a move. Let's figure something else out. So him and him and Jaden and Ben started moving, finding, locating. So they end up going a little shallower. They get into a little bit bigger fish and they're like, okay, let's, let's, 
pickup shop. Let's go here. So we fish that a little bit, you know, find better size, but still not like TV worthy. And then we decide, okay, we'll make a move again. So we get like pretty much right next to these trees. So then we've cut, well, you know, we started in 22 feet, maybe something like that, basically the deepest part of the lake. And we get ourselves into like nine right next to these trees. And I remember putting my, uh, uh, my Garmin pan optics down and I see like six of them sitting on the bottom and I'm like, okay, let's see, let's see what these are like. And I pull up the first fish and it's like a perfect eater perch, you know, like exactly what you would stack up to fish. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get my camera rolling now. So like, I'm trying to film a behind the scenes of this whole thing, which, which is going to come out on YouTube. Make sure to check out for that in the fall. But like I see, I catch one more good eater and then all of a sudden I see a big mark come in and I'm like, I go, I look at the camera. I'm like, okay, this is, this is a, there's a good one down there. Let's see if we can catch this one. And I'm like jigging, trying to play keep away from all the little ones. And then I see that big mark just come right up to my lure and then smash it. I set the hook and then drag starts peeling and I'm like, this is the one <laughs> ended up pulling them up and like, that that one's that one's gonna be one of the perch on the on the commercial. So I can I can hang my hat on that. That's awesome. I think all all that was playing in my mind this whole time is I've worked with Jason enough to know kind of kind of his sayings, right? Like what what are the things that he consistently says when it comes to ice fishing? And the one that was in my mind this whole time is he always says, and I hope I don't screw it up, he says, Big moves find fish, small moves catch fish. And mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect example of of him playing that up, that strategy out. You know, like you said, we came up on a spot, we caught fish, moved moved quite a ways away, found some more fish, still kind of the same, and then it was just slowly uh, we got to that third spot, and then it was basically inching closer and closer to those trees, right? Because yeah. you were about thirty ish feet from where we initial start initially started, and you were catching those big ones where everyone else was still catching those five six inch perch, you know, not too far away from where you mm-hmm. were catching the, yeah, the just, trophy sized ones. You just make sure not to be complacent or to be satisfied out there. Unless, unless you're catching exactly what you want, what you want, don't be afraid to move. And you know, ice fishing can be a lot of hard work. You know, I, we spent two full days out there and I was never in a house and you know, just getting out there, you got to make sure you're dressed properly for it. But you know, if you're willing to put in the work, you, you can be seriously rewarding. Definitely. And I th- you should talk a little bit, Mike, just about how uh, your panoptics kind of helped you throughout that perch bite. You know, what, what were you seeing on your panoptics that, you know, kind you could kind of tell what kind of mood these perch were in and, and that they were willing to bite? Because I remember uh, on the second spot, we could all just kind of tell the, the perch just got lethargic, right? They'd kind of come mm-hmm. up slowly and they'd look at something and then they'd just kind of slowly back away. Where on that last spot, they were aggressive, yeah, absolutely. So the, I mean, the good thing about pan optics or live scope or any of that forward imaging stuff is you can, you can just see so much more, you know, like you got your standard Vexlar or Humminbird and, you know, your cone angle down there, you can see, you know, maybe two, three feet or whatever. Like with the pan optics, you can see about 10 foot either way. So it's just like, you can just see so much more that's going on down there. So like you can tell the difference in the size and, and, the aggression levels too, like you had mentioned, because like I would I would drop my lure down and I would start jigging and you'd see if there's you know one two three four five say however many fish are down there and you know you get to a spot and you've got a bunch of them there but like you're kind of you know jigging your bait trying to get them interested and then the like the 
first and the second spot, they would move fairly slow. Like they, they'd go up and they'd investigate, but nothing really got super antsy. So, you, you know, you'd try and you try and get them fired up, but it just didn't, didn't really seem like they got super aggressive. But yeah, you're right. That last spot I went and I saw those four fish down there and I dropped my lure and like literally they started rising as I was dropping. I didn't have to jig or nothing. So it's like, okay, these are the ones that are fired up and they happen to be the bigger ones too. So it was just, it made it so fun. And, you know, and one other thing about the pan optics that was cool too, was the very last walleye spot we went to after we, after we got all the perch that we needed to, we went and we got in super shallow, like from the, from the bottom of the ice to the bottom of the water was about five feet. So there's just five feet of water to work with. So you don't, you don't, have a huge cone angle even with the pan optics there. So the fish that came in, they they would be pretty aggressive. So like I remember I caught this one walleye that was 21 inches or so and I was using I was using a VMC tingler which is like a fluttering spoon and he came in and he investigated it right away. It looked like he was going to hit it and then he just darted off. You know, it was like a lot of times you'd see that on, on say like a Vexilar and you'd be angry and be like, oh, it's gone, whatever. But, um, so I could, I could see a lot more movement. So I saw him swim about three feet away and then he exited my, then he exited my viewing and I was like, okay, there's one of two options here. Either option one is he didn't like what he would see and you know, he's gone or option two, he's moving to get a little run at it and he's going to, he's going to smash my bait. And then no more, no longer than I even had that thought, the fish almost took the rod out of my hand. So, so you could tell like he came, he's checked it out, investigated and he's like, I'm going to go attack it. So I'm going to get my run at it now. And he just absolutely ripped it, which that's so fun. That's one of the most fun things about fishing shallow water is you get some angry fish. That's awesome that you kind of, you know, deduct, what that fish is doing through through seeing panoptics because i know there's a lot of ice anglers out there that love using the vexlar but to me i see that panoptics that live scope and i think that's like people say that's a video game it's so mm-hmm. cool to watch those fish and kind of tell their aggression level or you know kind of you almost can tell what they're thinking just based on on how fast or how they're moving through your your viewing angle yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I kind of skipped one part about that perch stuff. Um, you know, when we did end up catching those really nice fish, um, you could tell the, you know, just everything shifted with the sick mana crew and just kudos to them on how they're all on the same wavelength because, you know, they spend a lot of time. It's just, you know, we're catching five, six inch perch. You can't film that. So they're just playing the waiting game. It's like waiting, waiting, let's find it. Let's find it. And then we hit those big fish and it's just like a light bulb went on and it's like, okay, you're in this place, you're grabbing your camera, you know, we got to do this angle. And just like, they almost didn't even have to talk to like be in the perfect spot and set everything up. And it was just, it was incredible to watch how they operated. Yeah, they're awesome. You know, like we talked about earlier, just kind of discussing a little bit about them. They they are a small crew, but dang, do they do some good work. Like you said, they do that good work because of how they operate, how they just know each other. They can feed off of each other and not even talk about what they're thinking. They just know what each other are thinking. And, and William's right there with the camera. And uh, I, one of my favorite things to do is I remember some shots that he gets, but every time they send that footage over for us to look at, there's always those one or two or three shots where it's like, I don't remember seeing William seeing William get that, but that's one of my favorite shots. So, mm-hmm. like you said, they do an awesome job. We are so lucky to work with them, and they make some great, great, great commercials for Shields. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's just a, it's just a very interesting dynamic they have because it's like they got Kyle who's you know you know does all the editing and and has you know puts everything in motion. You got you got Donnie who's just he he has the vision and the concept and and like how Donnie's concept turns into Kyle making it happen and to William doing the actual physical shooting. It's just, they work so well together and they come up with stuff that, that, you know, most people just can only imagine and they just do it on a daily basis. And Donnie's a storyteller. And I think that's the greatest strength that they have is they all can, can take those stories and, and bring them to life through whether that's how Kyle directs or how William shoots it. There's all in the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's super cool. So did I miss anything about our trip? You know, not that I can remember. I think uh, the biggest thing is just kind of closing it up, right? Is uh, Jaden caught that that nice walleye right at the end of end of shooting light, and um, you know, I think just the excitement he had, and and it was just a good way to wrap up the shoot. You know, he caught another pig walleye, and and it just kind of wrapped everything up. Mm-hmm. And he earned that one for sure. Cause it was like that last, that last evening, that last spot. Cause we, we actually started going back to where our first initial spot was that, you know, Jason had caught fish, but you know, we didn't find him that day. So it's like, they're here, they're somewhere, they're close. Let's go back there. Let's check it out. Let's do an evening bite instead of a morning bite. And it, it was like around zero degrees then with like 20 some mile an hour wind and we're fishing outside. Like I have to switch between, you know, like putting one hand into a pocket to the other in the pocket. And you know, like if you have to go and you have to touch the water, like you almost instantly freeze. And like Jaden's out there, he's drilling holes, he's finding spots, marking fish, going to a new spot, you know, finding them shallow. And then he catches that, that really nice walleye. And then it's like, okay, we need to get the camera gear out. So it's like Jaden has to hold it down in the water to keep this fish alive. So like, obviously his hands have to be down in the water too. And, you know, waits for the camera stuff to go through. We shoot our stuff, we take our videos. So it was like, Oh man, it was a lengthy process. And he's sitting out there like no gloves, no nothing, hands in the water and did not complain one single, single time. I was like, seriously, kudos to him. You earned this buddy. I'm so excited to watch you on TV next year. Yeah. Those dudes, like I said, they're tough. They're tougher than me. I'm, I'm, I will fish for bass in 75 and no wind. That's, that sounds great to me. I, I'm hey, not, I mean, it doesn't sound bad to me either. Yeah. So I think that's a great time just to say thanks to Jason, you know, Jason Mitchell, thanks to Jaden and Ben and the sick mana crew. We had a, we had an epic week. We had an awesome week. They caught some awesome, awesome fish. They gutted out some, some nasty weather. And uh, like you said, I can't wait to see what, what these guys pull out of this footage. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It will be awesome. And I'm so excited to, to just show it to the world. Hopefully it inspires people to get out in there and pick up a rod and do some ice fishing. I mean, you don't have to do it in the conditions that we did. You know, you can have a lot of fun and be a lot more leisurely with it and catch some great fish, but man, it's just so fun to ice fish. I mean, and you know, if you, if you don't want to fish outside, we do have some ice houses with some guy's name on them that, you know, will keep you out of the elements. Mm -hmm. You know, There we go. Exactly. Toss a buddy heater in there and, you know, we can, you know, you can even do a catch and cook or something. Have yeah. yourself a great time. That might be my one regret that we didn't film a what's cooking out there, but you guys were too mm. busy catching fish. So, so it's all right. Yeah. You know, the whole kind of shoot a commercial thing had to take precedence yeah, on this one. We, it takes a little bit of time, but I mean, I guess the greatest part for me was that fish fry that we had at the end too, to kind of wrap everything up. Those mm -hmm. perch were 
Roughly, oh, man. Awfully it was, tasty. It was so good. And, you know, it was cool to see Jason Mitchell's shop, too. I mean, that's like a that's like a big boy toy lover's playground. Yeah, I, I was afraid to even bring some pictures back and show my wife that that's, that's what we need next. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't even bring that up to her. Yeah, it's got, man, he had just about everything. He had places for all his hunting stuff, all his fishing stuff. He had his trophy room with that, you know, the replica of that giant walleye he caught. He, they even had like a, they even had a, a fish tank and they had perch and walleye in there. And I remember seeing a guy come with like a scoop of minnows and being able to watch those fish, like pin the minnows in the corner and attack them and stuff. And it's like, Oh, that's what it actually looks like when they attack my bait. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't want to look around too much cause I didn't want to get too jealous of what he had going on, mm-hmm. but he had a yeah. pretty freaking cool shot. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get envious of that one for sure. So, all right. Well, Cam, thank you for your time and your expertise and uh, you know, Great job keeping everybody in line on that video shoot and excited to show it off. Appreciate it. I can't wait for it too. But like I said, I'm ready to do some bass fishing. So we'll wait for this ice fishing commercial till next, next winter. All right. Perfect. Thanks again, Cam. You just heard our conversation on making a shields ice fishing commercial with fellow marketing team member, Cam Ockrey. We can't wait to show you this segment next fall. And we've also filmed a behind the scenes video that will be coming out on our YouTube channel as a pre-release for the commercial. Ice fishing is nearing the end this year, but we're going to have some really exciting stuff to come out once you start getting the itch next fall. And with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.